0: Matt Dillahunty, Seth Andrews, and Aron Ra, welcome to The herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. Today's topic is breakdancing at bar mitzvahs, but before we move on, it smells like someone's opened up a can of Ray Comfort's Logic. Who'd like to own up to that?
1: Sorry about that. Uh, that's disgusting, Seth. I'm evil, apparently. Could you at least open a window? try to respond a little more quickly than I have in the past. We'd all appreciate it.
0: Now, Matt, let's discuss the topic of hard solipsism. You now claim that... I'm a
2: brain in a vat. I've been told that... Any evidence for this at all? Demonstrating it is difficult.
0: Hmm. I can imagine it is. I mean, before your sentences meant one thing, and now... They mean something completely different. Indeed. Matt, you're also a freelance bar mitzvah breakdancer who is very popular amongst the southern states... And Aron is currently working part-time as your agent.
3: So many requests. Much travel involved? Today's
2: request was for Indiana.
0: Ah, the state of Indiana. The entire state has a high demand for bar mitzvah breakdancers, I'm told.
3: They only hire professionals.
0: Now, Seth seems to think that Matt's breakdancing is world-class. This is my opinion. Can't wait to see it. Just quickly, Seth,
1: would you mind telling the guys how you and I initially met? He wrote me a letter in mid-'90s announcing that he was gay. Uh,
0: No, 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 that's, that's not what happened. That means you're not professional. Look guys better wrap this up. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: One of the replies just asked if I come to Dunedin, New Zealand. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, the connection's pretty Canadian.
4: Sorry, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs>
0: Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google Plus, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Herd Mentality, down the line with me, I have... Trinity So Unholy It Hurts. Seth Andrews, how are you? I'm
1: evil, apparently, according to the title, (laughs) according to the moniker. I'm a rudderless, sad, moralist, pathetic uh, miscreant. But other than that, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking.
0: Excellent. Let's see if we can go one up on that. Matt Dillahunty. I'm a brain in
3: a vat. Or at least a (laughs) in a (laughs) vat. And Aron Ra. Uh, I think I was born unholy.
1: Aaron, have you been told that you have a satanic look because of the, you know, you've got the Fu Manchu, you like to wear dark? Do you hear that quite a bit from the faithful, from, you know, people who don't know you? Do they think you're imposing figure that you cut? is demonic in some way.
3: I've been told that since the days of when I was in my 20s and heavy metal was big. You know, it was always that. I mean, it was, it was a time when just wearing a black leather jacket would part the halls of the wall if you walked through it. So it's always been that way. Aaron yeah. is the it's person serious. my parents and pastors warned me about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much you, Seth, but uh, Matt and Aaron. you could certainly pass
1: as bikie Gang members. I could pass as a former child star, you know, I just got this baby face, <laughs> this generic vanilla, Fer- Fer- sort of Ferris Bueller look about me that is completely unthreatening. So standing next to these guys, yeah, it's almost like I'm Justin Bieber and they're the bodyguards. <laughs> because, yeah. well, speaking
0: of child stars, which was who's the uh, the child star who who did the film recently in the states? Um, God's oh, not Kirk Cameron. God, yeah, that's him. So yeah. you're suggesting perhaps you're a poor man's Kirk Cameron.
1: No, I would not. I don't want to be associated in any way. You know, I, I look at Kirk Cameron and, and he had his five minutes of fame back in the eighties. Was it the eighties, early nineties?
3: Yeah. No, It was the early nineties.
1: Now he's, you know, now he's what he couldn't stay relevant in Hollywood. He couldn't stay relevant on, on mainstream television. So he found a niche. This is my opinion. He found a niche, and that is sort of this religious niche, religious media niche, and he's playing the movie star card in an attempt to sort of be relevant. But no one who looks at Kirk Cameron thinks actor. They don't think talented thespian. They look at him, and they think here's just a guy who, a child star who grew up, and he needed a niche and sort of located it, and it happened to also include Ray Comfort. I look at him, and I just shake my head. He he just boggles my mind.
0: Ray Comfort is a personal favorite of mine. Because occasionally he comes on this show to talk about nonsense.
2: He's not a thespian either,
0: far from. Which, us. by
2: the way, there's nothing wrong with being a thespian. I have lots of friends who are a thespian.
1: Mm. Does yeah. Ray talk to you? Does he? Do you have conversation, or is it that same thing I heard with Matt? No. Just does you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Jesus. Lo- I, I'm here because I love you, and I, and I, and Jesus loves you, and that's about all he brings. Do you have dialogue?
0: No. See, when I say Ray comes on this show occasionally, it's actually well. Let, let's say me impersonating Ray.
1: Oh, awesome. forgive me. Forgive uh, me. I thought uh, perhaps you were, you know, he was dialing in or Skyping in for some sort of a spirited no, conversation. By mistake.
3: Have you ever told a lie?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I said no, would you see straight through that? Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, uh, that, that raises an interesting question, Seth, because uh, Ray often says, I love you. And he went on another podcast and my name was brought up and he said, oh, yes, uh, tell Adam I said hi and I love him. Now. I really don't like the way <laughs> some of these theists use words because how I define love is quite different, I think, to how a Christian defines love. It makes for very difficult communication. Sorry, I know I
1: my co-hosts on the, on the tour would, would definitely have a, um, have an opinion on this. I'm doing a, a presentation. I'm about to post it to YouTube in the next several weeks that I call the ultimate question. And it finishes with sort of a letter of encouragement to people who have paid some sort of a, a consequence for declaring their skepticism or non-belief. And it talks about love. And it's funny because people can easily speak the words of love. You know, love's that word. It's a catchword. It's sometimes used as a weapon. It's tossed out like a platitude. I love you. Jesus loves you. But the truth is, love is actually a a demonstration of action, and uh, you know, love is uh, one of those things that by using it so flippantly, people often cheapen the word. I love you, Jesus loves you, I love you with the love of the Lord. Well, this is sort of a condescension. It's a minimization of you, of your position, saying even though even though you're wrong, I still accept you because I'm the bigger person. I mean, there's a host of variations on that, and by using it in this context, they cheapen the word love, in my opinion. You know, I talk to people all the time who've been told by family members and friends who've ostracized them in some way that, hey, we still love you. But while they say that word, they are holding hostage a part of their heart. You know, they're filtering out. They're not giving the 100%. They're waiting for you to line up. They're waiting for you to walk in lockstep to reject all this atheism or skepticism nonsense and become a God follower. And until you do, they're essentially going to emotionally blackmail you by using the word love. So, you know, when you say that about Ray, it kind of strikes a nerve with me. I'm sure the guys have seen instances of this and all of their interactions with uh, their audiences as well.
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. Because what you're talking about here, when they say that they love you, they want to portray themselves as loving. But they're really disguising you know, using the slogan like, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. But then they go on and on about how much they hate the sin, and very quickly they'll change that, you know, hating the sin to hating the sinner again, when they go on about homosexuals and their agenda. Now, when you talk about the homosexual agenda, you're no longer hating what they consider the sin. You're hating the homosexual directly. And there's a reason why so many of these fundamentalist religious organizations are listed in the Southern Poverty Law Center's website as hate groups.
2: Matt, I just find that what many theists and, and, and I hate to just pick on Christians, but this is the background that I'm coming from. Quite frankly, many of them, when they talk about love, they mean something completely different from what I mean. When my wife's family talks about how much they love her, they are engaged in, in kind of, I, I don't know what, what activity it is. It's something I don't even recognize. You know, when you basically say, I love you if blah 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 i understand that you know i i'm not i don't think there's a an unconditional love i think you know it's conditional you like who you like for whatever reasons but when you tell someone you love them while you don't demonstrate it saying i love you is easy demonstrating it is difficult and when what you say is in direct conflict with what you do i don't know who you are or what you're talking about it's driven me crazy watching these people try to use love as a weapon we want you to come back to the family we love you uh, when the demonstration is nothing of that kind.
0: Mm. Just leave your gay thoughts at the door, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my uh, seriously religious mother and father watched in horror as uh, my best friend of 30 years. I met him in high school and he'd moved away, he'd moved out of state. But he wrote me a letter in mid, the mid-90s, late 90s, announcing, that he, at the time I was deeply religious, announcing that he was gay. And I was, of course, heartbroken and whatnot. And all of a sudden I came to the conclusion that, you know, he's still the same guy that I'd always known and loved. I trust him with my life. I love his company. I love this man. I want to, you know, I want to be his, his best friend moving forward. And our relationship picked up exactly where it left off. And my family was just horrified, you know, and they're saying that same thing. Please tell him to leave his gay at the door. <laughs> you know, please tell him not to be so gay. I think to a degree, they they see my acceptance of him as a three-dimensional human being outside of these weird, constrictive religious rules. They see it as, as one of the things that sort of sent me on this path to apostasy, and maybe they're right. I don't know. But it was interesting that you said it that way, and it brought that to mind.
0: Did your parents at least do him the honor of easing off on the heterosexuality when he was around? They, <laughs> they don't see him.
1: They would allow him into their home, and they would probably speak superficial words of kindness. But- the moment that he announced he was gay, he became in their eyes something different. He was no longer the beloved guy that was part of my childhood and early adulthood and in some ways a member of the family. He became something different. And it's a great example of religion dividing much more than it unites. And when I see that because of this, you know, this book written 2000 years ago by superstitious goat herding primitives, they now will reject a friend of mine in this way. It causes me to resent them and it causes me to further embrace Corey, my buddy.
3: Aron, it's, a- it's vaguely related. I just have to tell the, the story for you to get it. I was trying to get a job. Once upon a time in a record store when I was in my early 20s, I think it was like 22, something like that. And they wouldn't hire me because I had long hair and they said they only hire professionals. And I said, this is a music store <laughs> and this is, this is like 1983. I mean, it, and I, so what? So I went across the hall in this mall and I bought a short hair wig and I put my hair up inside this short hair wig and I walked in. I walked back in looking like Mr. Yuppie and they hired me immediately. They did. They hired me, and then they found out that I was wearing a wig because I told them. And they said, well, we can't hire you then because that means you're not professional. It was a very frustrating thing. I took a picture, just as a joke, mind you. I took a picture with the the yuppie-style sweater from Mervyn's and the short hair wig being the, the kind of pleated slacks kind of guy my grandparents always wanted to be or wanted me to be. And then the next time I went to go visit them, there was a framed picture, that picture framed on the mantle. It was the only picture they had of me in their house, and it was in a disguise as a joke. Arn was the inspiration for Five Man Electrical Band Signs, this,
2: the song Signs. Look it up. Five Man <laughs> Electrical Band Signs.
1: i gotta, I got to make a note. Five Man Electrical Band Signs. I I, see, I'm up.
0: thinking back. Uh, the only 80s band that springs to mind would be Wham. Oh, come on.
1: Everybody <laughs> Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> Don't stop believing.
3: <laughs> no, there was only one band I... in the 80s. It was Motorhead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron, I, I imagine you're a very business at the front, party at the back sort of guy back in the day. Yeah.
3: I was not Mr. Mullet. No, (laughs) I I was. I was. (laughs) Yeah. Oh
1: my God! (laughs) And there are photographs to prove it—promotional photographs for me in my radio job. And uh, I always tell people, it's not a mullet; it's a bi-level. That makes it sound a tad more respectable. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Go, go the moulet. Yeah. The moulet sounds much classier. So, yeah. gentlemen, uh, we've been having a little bit of a chat off air. Can't say very much at all at the moment. But what we can say is that there is some exciting work taking place to uh, eventually allow you to broaden the unholy wings, uh, the, the, the reach, <laughs> the reach of the Trinity uh, beyond just the one known country by Americans being America
1: to perhaps other places that made no sense
0: at all did it
2: no, I, I,
1: I think it, vague is good right everyone now is looking at each other going what, who, what? are yeah. they coming here what's going on I, yeah. s-
2: I suppose word salad is a good way to make something vague
1: <laughs> it's a quantum tour of the whole world When we first got together and started talking about the unholy trinity, I came to the guys and I'm like, what do you think of the title? Do you think people will get it? You know, you think they'll roll with it? It's funny, the vast, 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 vast majority of the people in the pre-thought community really do get it. They have a great sense of humor. They, They don't take themselves too seriously. There's always this fraction, though, and a very vocal fraction that takes everything hugely. Who do they think they are? They're calling themselves the trinity. Do they think they're gods? Are they trying to be the three horsemen? Blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't anything like that at all it was kind of taking the sacred cow you know the, the Trinity and turning it on its ear and having some fun with it we were a trio of guys who were buddies who wanted to hit the road and it's funny to see this uh, this thing take off I've had people reference it all over. Social media pages, I think the guys have as well. I mean, everyone's going, come to this city, come to that city. Has that been your experience, Matt? Aaron, people are like, come to our town, that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, I've gotten so many, so many requests to go. I, I think primarily to the Midwest, to like Minnesota and Illinois. I was surprised at the number of people inviting us there. I didn't really think that part of the country needed that much of a break from religion, even like the South does. I mean, we live in Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, what could be worse than here, right? We wouldn't think of <laughs> Illinois.
1: Iran. <laughs>
2: yeah. I got
3: Indiana today. Today's
2: request was for Indiana.
1: Wow. Okay. And it's a wonderful. There's so much goodwill. So the idea of, of potentially sort of expanding even past the borders of the uh, the United States to be able to do something is very exciting and for what it's worth we certainly do hope it comes to fruition.
2: Mm. We should look into like going places like Australia. It's a good Something
1: idea. like that that's would a, be a wonderful vacation opportunity as well. It's a, a good idea. Not that I'm not that I'm making it all about me. <laughs> 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 Seth, where can we find your work? Well, uh, the main website is called The Thinking Atheist. It is just a site that encourages everyone to remain engaged, to be critical thinkers about everything. And that includes everybody, theist and non-theist alike. Thethinkingatheist.com. And you'll find links to uh, the videos. I'm a professional video producer. We've got the radio podcasts. And all of that should be online as well. Thethinkingatheist.com.
2: Fantastic. Matt? Well, you can go to atheist-experience.com or you can just Google my name and... I don't know. I'm I'm all over YouTube. My own channel hasn't done anything new. I'm I'm working on a few other training videos and um, a separate channel. But I don't know. Go just Google Matt Dillahunting and you'll find me somewhere. Yes, in a vat
3: and Iran. <laughs> all right. Well, of course, uh, on on YouTube, I also blog at uh, Ace of Clades when I have a chance to get a blog out. Recently, got involved with the. Global Secular Council, though I haven't actually done anything with that group yet. Again, like Matt, you can just put in my name, A-R-O-N-R-A, in Google and, and find me that way. My website is cleverly named, you know, rnra.com. That's
0: barely a challenge. Thank you very much, Jens, for that. And one last thing. We need to have a sexy voice-off, Seth. <laughs> so we're going to have a competition. Let the other two judge it. I'm not doing No, no. What are you, what? What okay, are you doing Jim? All, all I need you to do is recite the sentence, a little old lady was mutilated late last night.
1: A little old lady was mutilated last night. That's not bad. It's it's
2: late last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sh- <laughs> Detail oriented. So <I'm, laughs> I win by default. You know, you
1: give him one simple task and he can't even do that. I mean, come on. <laughs> These
0: pesky atheists. Gosh. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on and I look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thank you. Thanks Bye. so much. Heard mentalists,
5: hear me. Questionable Adam here from the year 2074, communicating to the past via Deepak Chopra's Cosmic Facts. To
2: telephone
5: in this alternate timeline, all free thinkers and atheists have departed Earth for Alpha Centauri in a ship powered by Deepak's own quantum warp drive. The USS consciousness is at maximum velocity. It turns out he was right all along. Baghdad is now the capital of Earth, with Islam having partnered with Christianity. Sadly, not a building is left standing. But you can help! If you enjoy the show and wish to assist in Past Questionable Adam's goal, you can go to slash herdmentality, just like John La, Sharpest One, Andrew, Dan, and the Flying Skeptic did back in 2014. 10% of the proceeds go to assisting women in developing countries via Kiva.org. This week, the show helped Lourdes in the Philippines to pay tuition fees for her daughter. If you haven't already, please do leave a horrible review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher, as it really does help grow the audience.
3: Abandon ship. I must run.
5: There's been a catastrophic failure in a cosmic warp nacelle. Repairs are needed to ensure a brighter future for mankind. I'll contact you soon.
0: Iman, where to start? <laughs>
4: That's a good question.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, down the line with me from Canada, I have longtime friend of the show, Iman. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very well. Very well. A little tired, but probably oh. not as emotionally exhausted as you are.
4: Oh, it's, it's been a rough few days, and I, I really appreciate you getting me back. It seems I'm always keeping you, <laughs> keeping you up late, Adam.
0: Oh, look, no, <laughs> that is a public service we provide here at the Herd Mentality <laughs> Recording Dungeon. Just to bring everybody up to speed, if you'd like to catch up on Iman's story, episodes 10... 40 and 41, and you've made a couple of little star appearances on a, on a couple of subsequent podcasts. But the short story is, Iman, you are a sexual assault survivor. Last we spoke on air about this very topic, you were planning to go to court to take. person x and stick him in front of justice
4: yes person x and at this point i think i'm comfortable giving his name out i mean it's up to you if if you'd rather not then that's fine with me as well
0: look it's entirely up to you
4: his name is is muhammad which is you know a very unique name Uh, muhammad (laughs) al-harbi he is a doctor he's he's an anesthetist he's currently practicing in saudi arabia but we were both doing our our residency training here together and that's when the incident happened. Um it's been a sort of a convoluted route. The case was mishandled by authorities, mainly the police. It was actually closed and then it was reopened. And in all this big of a mess he ended up leaving the country and finally February he re entered the country which was when he was arrested and he was given this court date, which had passed already, and he didn't he decided that he was too busy to mm-hmm. attend. So uh, I was never actually given another court date up until I think two weeks ago when I suddenly got an email from Victim Services and the Crown saying that uh, you know, the 19th is your meeting and the 23rd is the hearing. So I went in on the 19th and I met with the Crown and the police. And at that point, he was a no-show. And they knew this because sh- he, they have him flagged in the system where if he applies to a visa to enter Canada, they would know, as well as they're in touch with the the border police, I guess. And they would also let them know as soon as he enters, because I guess he's, he's high risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has completely cut communications with his lawyer since February. And I find it, I know this is probably strange, but I find it ironic that it's a she. That she hasn't heard from him since February. So when I went in on the 19th, you put your stuff in the car for this trip and you figure out what to do with the kids <laughs> and just to be told, oh, he's a no-show, by the way, but we still need you to come in on the 23rd. So well, was, same thing again. It was good of you yep.
0: to make the time at least to go.
4: Well, you know what? It's for me, there's no option here. I don't understand. This has to happen, you know? Anyway, sorry, allow me to talk because I'm so frustrated right now with everything so today you know I I really didn't sleep I was up all night preparing going through my they gave me the evidence they gave me the tape recording which was extremely difficult to watch for me I had to write down sort of a last statement that to be read to the court at the end I was preparing for a very very long exhausting day should he show up and I I really didn't hear anything from anybody so I, I went and prepared today for a full day of court And sure enough, as soon as I walk in, the Crown looks at me. He's like, yeah, he's a no-show. So we get called into the courtroom. The judge walks in. We rise. We sit. And the Crown explains to the judge that he's not here. And they issued a, I think the term was an undisclosed warrant for his arrest. There is no extradition between Canada and Saudi Arabia. So as long as he is there, he's untouchable.
0: We had an inkling that this was going to be a no-show.
4: Yes. Well, you know, it's funny, though. I was talking to Peter on the way down, my husband, and he went to the effort to hire an attorney, and that's not cheap, okay? He had an interpreter. There was an interpreter in court today as well. He obviously was in communication enough with her to tell them that this court date, which was today, wasn't good for him, and he was coming to Canada for a course, and he would have rather if that would coincide with his course when he came. So he seems like, for the most part, he was, you know, very eager to clear his name. So all of a sudden, he decided not to show. So after coming in full steam uh, with hiring lawyers, hiring interpreters, trying to adjust date, when it comes to the actual date, the date, the trial, where he should come in to clear his name, he doesn't even bother. Not even a word, oh, I'm not coming. At least say that. But to completely no-show? Which is what happened. He no showed today. There is a warrant out for his arrest. If he enters anywhere in North, in North America, he will be detained and remain, he will remain in, in custody until he is put before a judge. We don't know when he's going to come back, when anything is going to happen. He might choose to stay in Saudi for the rest of his life, which he's probably going to do.
0: But there's no closure per se, other than knowing that he will be arrested should he returned to North America. Yes. How are you?
4: I'm fine. I'm fine.
0: You sound I'm brighter. I'm fine. <laughs> you sound the best you've sounded in <laughs> in months.
4: You know what? He sealed the, like, I don't even know how to explain. This speaks of him. This reeks of how cowardice he is. This is, to me, closure.
0: Well, that's good news.
4: And, yeah.
0: Everything else in your life that's been going, you, you've actually moved on and got a better job. Things are looking up. Yes.
4: yes, I do. Thanks to you. <laughs> well, no. And everyone.
0: Yeah, everyone. Everyone. So <laughs> And you. you. You're back on track. While all of this has been going on in the background, Iman, you've actually had some health issues as well.
4: Yes, I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you laugh about it, but this is pretty serious sort of stuff.
4: It's really, I don't want people to freak <laughs> or think that I'm going to ask for any help. I'm actually fine. So I've I've had cervical cancer in the past, um, and it's recurred in the past two months or so. I've been fairly symptomatic, and I'm having. I am booked for surgery on July 18th.
0: Very well. So stick it in your diaries, guys. This is important stuff. We need to send <laughs> tweets, prayers, whatever you've got handy to Iman. Prayer. <laughs> yes. No, don't laugh. That I need. This is important stuff. People think this works. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> No, so what actually will work, Iman? And that would it be medicine? Would it be modern science?
4: I would think so. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Surely prayer ain't going to do anything, but it's it's worked in the past, so I have faith it will work again.
0: What a beautiful note to end on. Look, we'll get you back after that. That's in about or oh, just under a month, guys. So, Iman, everybody wishes you all the very best with it. We do hope it goes well for you. And it's great to hear that you're on the up and up. All right, Adam. You take care.
4: You too. Bye.
0: Cheers. Raygate, the adventures of Ray and Raylene. Hi, Ray. Good morning, Raylene. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. What's what's wrong with you today? (sighs) Just frustrated with all these atheists. Just feel like some sort of never-ending battle.
6: Well, Ray, it's very weird that you should say that.
0: It's not like we discussed this before walking through the door, is it? <laughs> so what are you doing on the Twitter? What's going on on the Twitter? It's a more relentless well, well, onslaught from those idiots?
6: No, no, actually, uh, this is really brilliant, and, and this is going to lift your mood. Uh. Um, I've just had a, a tweet from a really big account on Twitter Right. from... A- a Mr. Oz Atheist. Oh. Um, he's offering some sort of truth. He, he wants to end
0: the Twitter some sort of, wars. Hang on, hang on. Atheists. Hang on, some sort of truth? Yeah. Not some sort of truce. Yeah. Wh- one would be what we talked about before this. The other would be something that you actually made a mistake about and, and mispronounced. Oh, for fuck's <laughs>
6: sake. <laughs> 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 oh, you stop. You're putting me off. Anyway. Um, Mr. Oz Atheist has offered to meet at Neutral Territory and uh, smoke a peace pipe as a sort of a white flag to end all this infighting between atheists and theists on Twitter. Oh, hang on. What do you Mi-
0: reckon? Mr. Oz Athe- Just check the account. Are you sure he's not uh, Mr. Native American Indian Atheist? No, no
6: it's Mr. Oz Atheist. He's,
0: he's an Australian. yeah. yeah. Well, they're the worst atheists. Well, well,
6: yeah, I mean, there is that Adam Reece, which ugh. is quite ridiculous. He
0: keeps saying hi to me on that Twitter. What a knob jockey. <laughs> How does a peace pipe work, Raylene? What's involved?
6: Well, I don't know, Ray. I've never been involved in this, but I suspect. You know, you know, these atheists are quite hippie-like. I suspect there's some sort of herbal remedy or something oh. to make everyone peaceful. I mean, so, uh, I think we should do it. You know, this this could be financially profitable for
0: us. Oh, okay. Well, all right. We'll send him a tweet on the electric Twitter. and uh, But uh, no, don't, don't bring him here to living waters because we've got all sorts of top secret technology downstairs in the bunker.
6: Territory
0: like a park. Oh. You know, it's a beautiful
6: surrounding.
0: Yeah, well, there's nothing untoward about that. That's not going to be seedy at all. <laughs> okay, well, I'll send him a tweet. All right, Raylene, to the Bulletproof Comfort Mobile. All
6: right, Ray, come on.
0: All right, Raylene, this is rather odd. It's a, certainly an intimidating park. Is, is that perhaps him over there?
6: Um, yeah, yeah, that's him. He's got a koala on
0: his back. Oh, He's must be must him. be him. All right. Uh, oh, Mr. G'day Dr. Oz. G'day, you, you guys. You must be Ray and Raylene. Uh, Hi. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, that's me. How's it going? A uh, bit anxious, a bit nervous. I a bit
7: nervous, Ray? What's the matter, mate? Uh, Just
0: chill. It's good. Oh, look, to be honest... I've got all these horrible misconceptions about atheists that I have to uphold within my own brain. Well, you're not helping. Yeah, I, I bet the first thing you
7: noticed was I didn't have a second head, right? Oh, except for my koala mate here. That, that, but we're all good, right? Y- yes.
0: What do we have to do? What's this peace pipe, and how does it work?
7: Well, basically, it's just a it's a it's a natural herb that um, that I've grown myself. So it's it's. It's unadulterated by anything that you might get through science. It's oh, just pure perfect, out of the ground. Perfectly natural. Yes. And we put it in this nice little glass pipe that I've got here. Right. And we all take a few nice, long, deep breaths of it. And we find ourselves being very calm and peaceful. And you could say one with God almost.
0: Oh. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Yeah,
6: so, that sounds quite nice, Ray. It, and there's no science involved. No. So it can't be evil.
0: This sounds almost as natural as my shampoo. But, oh, all right. <laughs> 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 oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I've read about all this and uh, and what you atheists are up to. Are you not inhaling
7: demons by any chance? No, like I said, mate, this is pure. This is out of the ground. I mean, I even grew it in a churchyard, so it's got to be good. All right. Well, it's on God's own territory. All right. Exactly, let's, mate. Let's give it a go. So you give, mm. give this a try for me. When when you take the next breath, let out a big, oh that's good stuff. See how that works for you. Rightio, rightio. Let's, let's pass it around. Oh, that's really good stuff. Yeah, see.
6: Oh, Ray, this is amazing.
0: Oh. oh. Well, I feel like I've got a weight lift off of my shoulders. I I feel like I'm floating.
7: Yeah, see, this is it, mate. This is when you make friends with atheists. This is how you feel. It's good,
0: right? Is this what being an atheist feels
7: like? You're getting there. I mean, you're not quite there,
0: obviously. But yeah, this is on the way. This is what we feel like all the time. Raylene, I've got a taste for this atheism thing. I'm not sure if I... It's all very confusing, Raylene. I'm feeling very
7: hungry. Yeah, feeling hungry is quite normal. So if you want, we can walk over to Seven Eleven. We'll have a look what they've got to oh, offer, let's, and
0: yeah, let, let's have uh, something to eat. Let's just go slowly, man. I'm
6: starving. I, I could eat the scabby ass of a low flying duck. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, I'm not sure they sell them at Seven Eleven, but bloody hell, we can take a look. <laughs> It's all right, guys. Um, getting hungry is a natural part of this this process that I've got going on here. So what I've done is I've actually ordered a pizza for us, and oh, that should be here shortly. You're such a lovely you're guy. So nice.
0: Do you need us to hold
7: anything while you're off to get the pizza? Listen, can you hold this glass pipe that I've given you? Right. If you could hold that. And look, I've got this little bag of the herb. It's pretty much just oh, oregano. The, but um, The anti-demon yeah, the anti herb. I
0: like that. The anti-demon herb, I, I the like anti-demon herb. Yes. yeah, yes. exactly.
7: So I'm just going to walk out to the road so when the guy comes in his pizza van, I can hail him down oh, and let him know Oh, thank goodness, we are. I am fennig.
0: Oh, lovely. All right, and yeah. I'll, um, All right we'll see I'll, you in a minute. Okay, everyone, go, go, go! That's them. Get him, get him, get
7: him! What's happening? happening? What's happening? (laughs) What do they want with Oregano? Ray and Raylene, you're under arrest. Down on the ground now. Hands behind your head. No, no. no.
0: Are you? Would you like to deal drugs to Ray and Raylene?
2: (laughs)
6: But then people will think he smokes bongs. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter.
0: You got a reputation. (laughs)
6: Alright,
0: so Ray walks in. I have
6: popcorn in my bra. (laughs) Sorry, I just found a piece of popcorn in my bra. It's because I went to the cinema yesterday. (laughs) Oh, well. okay. <laughs> Don't put that in the podcast. That is too ma- much.
7: Ma- maybe that can happen to Raylene at the okay. yeah. Seven <laughs>
6: Eleven. Stop talking over me, Bellend. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're pussying me off. Um,
0: All right. So we pull out. Yeah. We pull in. Oh, well, it's it's Sounds dark. Like your sex life. <laughs> <laughs> Only twice as long. <laughs> so, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's an eight second sound effect. And, uh.
6: Sorry, that was really
0: good. I didn't have you on here to be. <laughs> We're well, here to make fun of Ray, guys. <laughs>